Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. I am Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas, and he is James, not a doctor, but certainly <laughs> has the attitude of one Breakwell. And... James, how are you doing tonight, sir? I just, I have a question for you. Yeah. So yeah. I know you've been having some internet and phone trouble, but did your clocks also stop working? You know, <laughs> it didn't even occur to me. It's one of those things where once you know the answer, you don't even question what the answer is. And the answer was, we're recording at 8 o'clock tonight, by God. And it turns out that's not at all what we were going to do. I blame you. I'm not sure how yet because my head is still a little bit disoriented, but when I figure it out, I'll let you know. Well, that's good. I am to blame for all things by default. Just ask my wife or kids. So you're in good company there. <laughs> now you sent a text. Uh, you, you just set the record for latest ever to do a podcast. And I looked at that and thought, ah, what a dick. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. Was I supposed to be here a half an hour ago? <laughs> I, I love I love how your first reaction was just to assume the worst. <laughs> but I'm here now, and you must feel just overjoyed. You know, I, I asked you if you still wanted to do it now or if you wanted to go ahead and push it back an hour, and you said, no, I just want to get it over with. And I felt exactly the same way. I, I sat down at my computer, and I had a big sigh, and I was like, all right, let's do this. And then it just kept going on and on. It's like you're sitting in the dentist chair waiting for him to come in and drill out a cavity, and you can hear him in the next room, but he just won't come in. Like, that was my exact feeling so i yeah yeah the, the sooner the better yeah. sometimes no, i was uh, i was at the dinner table having a nice pork roast i mean i was enjoying my time <laughs> away from you i'm glad did i did i interrupt dinner is the pork roast still on the table getting cold no no you in fact <laughs> i got like three phone calls during dinner my phone was in the other room and uh i mentioned to my wife what two of them were and i was already thinking you were a dick so i didn't even mention it <laughs> And then I said, oh, I was supposed to record a half hour ago. And she said, that was the other phone call. And I said, well, it was one of the text messages. But what are you going to do? I'm here, James. I'm here. My time is so valuable. You should feel honored and, frankly, blessed that I happen to be here with you to clarify, whenever I'm To here. clarify for your wife in the future, I would rather die than call you outside of a podcast. So the ringing phone will never, ever be me. Have we? I don't know. We have texted quite a bit. Yes. I don't know that... Have we ever spoken outside of a podcast? We have spoken briefly after the podcast. Right, right. But I mean like a, a, a an independent phone call. Do, do people still do that? Is that a thing? I don't know. Like you call, you call somebody if like something terrible has happened so they don't say, you notified me by text message. I mean, that, that's really the only purpose of a phone <laughs> call at this point. Everything else is texting. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Wow. That's interesting. We've talked face to face, but I don't, I'm not positive if we've, if we've ever talked like on the phone outside of during one of these recording sessions. I'm going to go with no. And if it did happen, I regret it and deny it. So we'll just stick with that. 
it's probably a repressed memory just because of the sheer trauma of the event for me. So, okay, Speak we will definitely go with that. <laughs> Speaking of trauma, it's coming. we're coming around to your favorite or least favorite time of year. I can't remember which. It's time for New Year's resolutions. What's your New Year's resolution going to be? Well, I don't know what we did. I don't think, we, I think it's been two years since we've done New Year's on this show because we had just moved into this house and I remember doing that episode. That was actually, we had, if you remember, there was a bet that we made out. This was either before or after we did the penalty videos, but I had to write a poem because I lost whatever the previous week was. <laughs> but oh, that's the only, I, I have an anchor in my memory of that show and it was the New Year's show. And I know I recorded it in the other room because there was no furniture in this house yet. So but be that as it may. So I was I thought this sounded vaguely familiar. But I love that you were absolutely positively certain that we had done this topic already. And yet you suggested it anyway. So props for that. Well, it's timely, James. And you know that I am here for the fans. Yeah, fans. Pro. By the way, I had a, I had an experience today that made me think of you. I went oh. I went to my P.O. box, you know, because we have a super fan who sometimes sends us things around the holiday. And when I got there, I actually had an unexpected second package. But this second package had a story. For you see, the oh. person who oversees the P.O. box said the wrong box number had been on there. And it had been given to someone else by mistake. And do you know what that person oh. did when they received a box that wasn't meant for them? They gave it back. And it was given to me in a It was given to me in a timely fashion. They didn't wow. say stick it in the corner of their office for two years, thinking that no one would need it, but they were also scared to open it. Well, they probably weren't angry at the sheer volume <laughs> of mail that was coming for that person to an office that they no longer occupied. I just, uh, I, I'm still the, the most disappointing thing about this podcast, just despite, you know, other than everything, <laughs> other than literally them? everything, but the most disappointing part is that you still haven't opened that box. It's been like four weeks since we found out you have this unopened How box. How do you count to four? How many's been three, two, nine? It's 2020, man. It's, it's all blurring together. I'm pretty sure this is a for our fourth episode since then. Okay, go with that. And whatever else happens in your life, I hope that purple haze follows you because it must be blissful. Well, however, however hazy I might be, at least I can still see a clock through it. So I've got that going for me. Okay, that's how I know I win the argument, where he's got to do a callback to the only insult he can possibly what? sling in that moment. That's a that's, that's not an admission of failure. That's just a strengthening of my position, just doubling down, hopping from insult to insult. That's what the people are here for, just, just to feel better about their lives by not being you. And possibly by watching us repeat ourselves because we can't think of new topics. So how about that? Well, as I mentioned, I can't remember what I mentioned two years ago. I can barely remember what time we agreed to do this show. There, I did it for you that time. But uh, I was thinking because New Year's resolutions always fail, I am now resolving to gain weight, start smoking, lose money, and love my family, sorry, hate my family, just a little bit more. How about you, James? I resolve to help you succeed at all of those resolutions. <laughs> just be hilarious. You know, I never I never make New Year's resolutions. I don't like my my life doesn't run according to January 1st. I think 
it's it's a weird demarcation like i know it starts the calendar year but like for really everything else like in the publishing world or anything like nothing really starts or stops in january it's it's a very very arbitrary point like in the business world the end of the fiscal year is usually the end of september start of october somewhere in there because they don't want to be messing with all of that during the holidays when half their staff is off or like for school the end of the year is you know the start of the summer and the start of the year is the end of the summer so january they say it's a new year but like for me nothing really starts up nothing in the cadence of my life changes come january so that just seems like a really poor jumping off point for all these big life changes well i don't know if big life changes ever happen in reality anyway i think it's a nice concept for people to throw around at dinner parties but have you ever made a resolution on New Year's Eve? Well, have you ever made one in the first place? And then B, has it ever actually happened? I mean, there are things I've wanted to do, but I've never, I, of all the things I've ever resolved to do, I've never resolved to do one of them on, you know, January 1st. There was never any connection. I started going to the gym last year, I think around December. So it was just beforehand. And in fact, when I, when, I, when I did it, I was like, all right, I'm finally going to the gym. And I thought, oh crap, everybody's gonna be here in January. This is gonna be terrible. But you know what? Nobody extra showed up in January. So people were even lazier than normal. <laughs> but they all resolved to show up in January. That's true. And that's really the most important that's, part. That's probably the change is the gym revenues go up in January because that's when everybody starts paying their dues. And you know they love those members, the people who are never gonna take up a treadmill but still pay the full price. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just money in the bank right there. Uh, but yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've definitely made like lasting changes to my life, but never as a New Year's resolution. And I just think, uh, I, I don't think my mind can wrap around that kind of artificial constraint. And I think if there's a change that you really want to make, you don't wait for like a holiday to do it. You don't wait for January 1st to make it happen. You say, I'm gonna do this right now because it's something I actually want. And if you put it off till January 1st, it's probably not something you actually wanna do. It's something you keep putting up, oh, I'll do it you know, after the summer, oh, I'll do it after the holidays, after I pig out and do all that. And by the time you get there, I mean, you've already put it off like six times. So I've gotta think that the, the margin for, for victory is very small. Yeah I, yeah, I like how you said that, because that's completely right. If you need to do something, you just do it. This is true. So what, Which, I, guess you, I guess you're a psychologist. You see people probably vow to make changes all the time. Do all resolutions really fail, or are there any that they are, are, are more likely to succeed than others? Uh, boy, that's a good question. I don't know what motive. It's, uh, uh, James... <laughs> I hate to do this to you, but I have to put the phone down for five minutes. Because <laughs> I... You are the worst <laughs> podcast co-host I have ever had. <laughs> I got to stop recording. I will be right back, sir. All right. I'll call you right back. Okay. Hey, everybody. Oh, wait a minute. We've already done that before. <laughs> we were talking about something, James, when one of us, and the names have been changed to protect the innocent, the, or the guilty in this case, we'll call him you, has a leave just for a few minutes and so now we're back thank goodness yes thank thank goodness it was de definitely me and not you who uh, who called a halt to that one you know you should really <laughs> should really be careful about messing with me on these because i'm the one who edits this together and i can decide how much or how little it's left in <laughs> Fortunately, our conversation in between these two segments was not recorded, at least on my end. I'll just put my end on there and dub in your voice. People, people will get the gist of it.
<laughs> You'll have like a Steve puppet that you can play my part from your hand. Yeah. Oh man, if I could do that, I could save myself like half an hour a night. I wouldn't be sitting around here waiting for your call. <laughs> don't don't give me any ideas. Don't tempt me. Now, what were we talking about, James? We were talking about something about resolutions and putting it off means you don't want to do it in the yeah, first place. Yeah, I asked and you because you, you, know, you see people come through your practice who probably want to make changes. I assume you don't go to therapy if everything in your life is exactly how you want it to be. So are there any resolutions that actually have a chance to work? Yes, but I'll tell you which ones don't. Because okay. this is what jumped into my head when you said setting a date out in the future. And, and this really, what I tell people is... <clears throat> what when I can tell it's not going to work is when they use phrases like I need to do this, I should do this, I ought to do this. Like that just means you are playing a verbal game with yourself that makes you think that you've created a plan, but there's no execution in the plan. It just keeps pushing it off. But the ones that I hear the most often that fail, almost every addict will set a date like I just want to just want to blow out this one one last party, <laughs> or I'm not going to try to do this before the end of summer. I'll, I'll I'll go to treatment later, or I'll go start going to AA later, or like that never works. That means that you just want to tell the people around you you can all settle down and get off my case because I've got something the plan with a capital P off in the future, and it never gets here. Huh, that's that's interesting. I wonder if it helps you get rid of personal guilt as well. It's like, yeah, I'm eating bad today, but I'm going to be on a diet next week, so that's okay. I mean, that's a, that's yeah, but then it, it drives your despair, like spiking a football the next day because you realize you have failed. So I think that's like a coffee mug saying somewhere. It's like a, I'm starting a diet tomorrow, and it's always, you know, it's it's never never tomorrow. I don't remember the exact phrasing. I horribly butchered that, but you get the idea. I've been, you know, I've been starting a diet tomorrow for the last ten years, something along those <laughs> yes. lines. But it's always and I still will tomorrow. Yeah, it's always just a little bit in the future. Uh, I can I can see how that would be, uh, you know, detrimental. Also, it's just I, I and I guess this is you know the opposite in the southern hemisphere, but up here in North America, I mean, it is cold in January. Like I can't think of a worse time to kick off a major life initiative than January first. Like if this is if you're going to start going to the gym, like the time I hate going to the gym the most is in the middle of winter when I get up. You know, I leave the house at five in the morning and it's cold and I have to scrape an inch of snow off the car before I go. Like there are so many extra hurdles. If you're really going to start something you actually want to do, I've got to think like spring, summer, fall, literally any other time of year has to be better than the start of January. Well, and I also, there's something to the personality of someone, like you said, you've made several life changes, but you kind of decide one day to do it and then you do it. It's like the old phrase, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Like busy people figure out how to get stuff done. And I think you and I both share that personality of once we decide we're pulling the trigger on this thing, it will get done. And it doesn't matter if it's January or July or some some time that we said in the future, it will be done. You know, it's probably to our detriment. Like we said we were going to do this podcast and we, we never stopped doing this podcast. Then we said we were going to do the other podcast and we just never stopped doing it. We just keep going. Maybe, maybe our resolution this year should be to stop doing both podcasts. Maybe that'll be what's saying. Yeah, that... See if we can stick to that one, and that way, if we uh, if we uh, fail, then the podcast keep going strong, and if we succeed, we free ourselves of this burden. So there's really no downside. Did you say it keeps going strong? Well, I mean, keeps limping along. I don't know what is <laughs> strong is relative. If you go from one listener to two, that's strong. You know, you're flexing your your reach on that one. 
All I know is I, uh, the superfan Judy P sent me my, uh, my Christmas care package today, so I'm riding high on that. There were so many goodies, and I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm positive that she sent me so much better stuff than she sent you. So that's really all I needed to get out of this podcast. <clears throat> if that was the one perk of doing 9,000 episodes of this show, it would all be worth it. Did she send you a bottle of maple syrup? Yes, and it was wrapped oh, in bubble God, wrap. Just mainline and, that thing. Yeah, oh my God, and inside a Ziploc bag. Like she did not want customs <laughs> to break that thing apart. It was, and the, the package, though the box in general was just sealed with duct tape, and inside that were wrapped presents, and inside a wrapped present was the syrup inside the bubble wrap. I mean, it's that's the good stuff. Like I'm not even sure if it's legal to have that in America. It's just such you know pure sugar. Good. I'm telling you, drink that with a straw, like to heck the pancakes <laughs> or waffles. <laughs> it's it's even a classy bottle. It's like, uh, you know. I know, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, you can kill somebody it's with like that. It's like Waterford Crystal. Somebody breaks into my house in the middle of the night. I'm going for that bottle of maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be sad that I wasted it on their head, but it would it would definitely kill a man if you struck him. I'd, I'd say that's Oh, the hell, one. that ain't going to break over a man's skull? Are you kidding? Nah, you're good. Okay, that's good. They make them tougher up there in Canada. I guess that's that's what we're learning here. <laughs> they got to fight off moose with that thing. You don't think it can take out a human? Yeah, Please. It's just, uh, it's crazy. You know, the, there are so many movie stars and professionals who go back and forth between the U.S. and Canada. It seems like half of, uh, half of the movies are made in Canada now. Half the movie stars are from Canada. But, like, if you want to just ship something across, you know, the border, like, it seems like, for practical purposes, it seems like we're one country with one culture almost. But the second you try to send a package across that border, it costs $500, and it adds, like, 19 weeks to the travel time. Like, did this, yeah. did this have to go through the Panama Canal to get to the opposite coast? Like, what, what happens when it crosses that imaginary line? But just all hell breaks loose when you hit that point. <laughs> When I get paid from the Canadian company, he'll send me a check all the time. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll be able to get that in time for retirement, I hope. But, <laughs> yeah, it does take forever. <laughs> You'd think we are, our systems would be more integrated by now. I mean, we, we share like a 2,000-mile long border. How can things be this this non-smooth, you know, just going – I mean, it should – you would think we'd have it figured out, I guess is what I'm saying. Maybe Maybe the U.S. government – should resolve itself to get along better with Canada, and especially especially in the postal department. Maybe that's just what we need. We need to have a better delivery system from one spot to the other, and then I would be happy. Man, I don't know. Those Canadians are hard to get along with. I mean, so I think it's it's really it, the responsibility is on them they're, to change. They're a prickly and unforgiving people, as we all know. <laughs> and unapologetic. Yes, that's absolutely. Right. You know, it's funny though because their national pastime, their sport is hockey, which is like the most violent of all the major sports, but then you go and the yep. stereotype outside of that is they're the nicest people in the world. So I don't, I don't know how you reconcile those two. Th are all the, uh, all, are all the enforcers American or how does that work? Uh, no, I think it's actually the opposite. Really? But maybe that's catharsis for them. That, uh, <laughs> they sort of get it out of their system on the hockey rink or in the audience and then they can sort of, whoo, glad that's over with and then get back on with their daily life. It's like the Purge Canada edition. <laughs> one, one hour a yes. day on the ice, you get to go and just beat up whoever you want, and then you go back <laughs> out, and that's where their crime rate is zero. Also, their crime rate yep. is zero because it's just too cold to commit crimes outside. You go outside to rob a bank, and you freeze to death on your way there. I mean, that's 
that's a tried and true system. It's barely habitable for human life up there. I don't I don't know how Superfan Judy P makes it, but I suspect she is fueled by bottle after bottle of uh, that that fine fine maple syrup. It probably heats her home. You just toss that in the furnace. It's like a nuclear reactor. Do igaloos have a furnace? I don't even know. You like know, maybe, I, uh, that, 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 that should be a topic for a future Wrong and Wronger. And now that we've insulted <laughs> Canada, now we, she will cut us off from our precious maple syrup supplies and we will, we will grow to regret this episode. We call that stuff brown gold. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, well, I think, yeah, Judy P. would be upset. Yeah, I bet. I'm hoping, like all other Canadians, she's forgiving after she beats us up on the ice a little bit. We'll hope. We'll hope that's the resolution to this situation. Much like our resolution to the resolution situation, I think, and it's hard for me to tell because we broke this into two parts for reasons that we cannot go into now, and we, it will never we, be involved. Oh, we could. I think. We could. I think we're at time. I think we have made our are contractually obliged 25 minutes even though we're the ones who set the 25 minute limit and no one will ever <laughs> sign a contract in any form for this podcast well we we we, we do it for for the boy i don't even know what we do it for it's not really the fame it's not the chicks it's not the money like what what are we doing james the best part is we're releasing this in the week between christmas and new year's so our normally <laughs> non-existent listenership is going to be cut in half i mean it just it doesn't get any better than this we are truly talking to ourselves right now we can say anything just anything at all oh we could go into an in-depth discussion of why this is broken in two <laughs> that would that would get rid of our last half listener the our, our one half a fan in Uganda would be so disappointed in us. Oh, that's right. I got another email from that guy. I haven't looked at it. So there's a chance we either crawled up to number one in Uganda Whoa. or there's another country somewhere else that is now Ooh. bumping us into the top ten. Well, I am on pins and needles. Why don't we discuss that next week and we can, we can discuss our meteoric rise or fall in the Uganda podcast rankings. That's true. Rise to Ugandan fame, and that's why we do this, and that's why you keep coming back, Ugandan folks. Well, I don't even know if they speak English in Uganda, but they can certainly look at our facial expressions and recognize one of us is truly brilliant. You, you do but realize... we come back... What? Excuse me? Ten Minutes to Save Your Marriage is audio only. They cannot look at our expressions, which is probably the only reason we have a listener there. If they can see us, we'll be back down to zero. <laughs> Don't sweat the details, James. Don't you understand? <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> Thanks for watching and listening. We appreciate you being here, even if you don't. So until we meet again, this is Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying, Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for showing all of your love and adoration and wealth toward us through the different channels that you have found. And until we meet again. Uh, I've already said that. Always remember two wrongs can make a right.